Yeah, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to be landing again this morning. And then one more time next week, uh, we'll hit Matthew chapter 6 as we wrap up our series on how do you pray. You know, as you're turning there, I just want you to know that one of the reasons that uh, I wanted Pastor Chen and Mark to share uh, to take some time and share about this this mission trip that they have upcoming is uh, first of all because I value our student ministry. I think that we need to always take the opportunity to lift up um, all of our ministries, but including our student ministry and our children's ministry for the great things that they do and the work that's going on. And so want want to uh, just expose our congregation uh, to those, to what is happening in student ministry. If you don't have a, a, a middle school or high school student, sometimes we lose sight of what's going on or we just may not know what's happening. But uh, rest assured that one of the things that's been a historical uh, emphasis here at First Alliance is pouring into high school kids, uh, uh, discipling them to be the next uh, uh Christians in our world, right, who take seriously the Word of God and apply it to their life and find those opportunities to grow in their own uh, personal uh, discipleship, which Lead the Cause does. So not only do we want to, did we, did I want you to hear what's happening in our student ministry, because I think it's important, but I feel like the, the there's a natural tie-in this morning uh, to what lead the cause is all about and where we are in the prayer, the Lord's prayer of Matthew chapter six. If you think about it, our students will have the opportunity to learn some skills this summer, to pick up some tools to help them in their confidence in sharing their faith with other people. And regardless of what approach somebody takes, regardless of the approach you or I take from all of the, the resources that we've had growing up and, and maturing through our discipleship path, regardless of, of the approach that we take, there really is one thing that it comes down to when we share Jesus with others, and it's this. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. That when God looks at us, that when God sees us, for those of us who have turned our hearts toward him and believe in our heart that he is our uh, Lord and confess with our mouth that he is, that he is uh, the, the Lord of our life and, and the risen Savior, that we confess that and believe that, we are forgiven. Did you hear it in the songs that we sang this morning? Songs about victory, songs about the forgiveness of our past, the forgiveness of our addictions, the forgiveness of where we, wherever we've, we've fallen short. Did you hear it in the scripture reading from 1 John? That if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. That what our students will experience this summer is tied into what Jesus is trying to help us understand in the Lord's Prayer. And it all starts with forgiveness because it's, it's forgiveness that brings restoration. It's forgiveness that brings reconciliation. Forgiveness brings, brings redemption and, and forgiveness is the key to finding, 
fulfillment and the promises that God has for us. Forgiveness bridges the gap between us and God. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, verse 9. Pray then this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. Amen. This morning, we we land in that verse 12. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We're looking at the the Lord's Prayer. We started it a couple of weeks ago to just just simply to ask the question that if if we were serious about uh, seeing 2024 being a a new start and a fresh start, and if we were serious in our in our thoughts that prayer is important in our lives as Christ followers, then as we start 2024 for new things and new directions, what if we committed our year to prayer? And what if we started that way by starting? with as a congregation asking this simple question, well, how do we pray? How does God want us to pray? How does God lead us into praying? Again, we're not looking at practices of prayer. We're not looking at postures of prayer. Those are all good and those are fine. And those are, those are messages and series and Bible studies for another day. The question over the last couple of weeks, today and next week is this, well, what did Jesus teach? when he taught people how to pray. And what we see over, what we've been seeing over the last few weeks is this. Jesus is encouraging us to take a different look at our approach to God in prayer. Because remember, we, we, we even said we're not even concerned about checking your bucket of needs, right? Whatever your needs are, they are. We're not saying your needs are good or bad. We're not saying your needs are appropriate or inappropriate. Your need is your need. You bring that to God. But as we bring that to God, what is Jesus saying and teaching us as we bring it to him? And over the last few weeks, we've been breaking that down piece by piece. And now we see again in verse 12, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Notice how Jesus once again draws our attention to relationship. He draws us to relationship. Forgive us. Forgive us. Now, oftentimes we'll recite this prayer or we'll think about this prayer and we will race right through these words. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who have debted Like, you remember how, like, we all have learned this prayer in different translations, right? So some would say, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Some of us would say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? But it's so easy to say it and just keep moving through the prayer that we miss what is happening in the very first two words of this phrase, forgive us our debts. Forgive us. 
And Jesus is, is teaching his followers and Jesus is teaching the crowd and he's teaching those who are confused and critical about, about religion and confused and critical and maybe curious about what it is that this Jesus actually teaches. And the one thing that Jesus keeps coming back to is this, that there is a relationship between us and God. And it's personal and it's intimate. And Jesus continually focuses our attention on the relationship. We saw that in, in the, in the first couple of weeks, right? Our Father. It's intimate. It's a relationship. And here in verse 12, forgive us. The gospel of Jesus is never separated from relationship. From the Holy Trinity to, to you and me. The gospel, the good news of Jesus is always found moving in relationship with God and people. Notice how, how Jesus didn't merely say, forgive the sins. He didn't merely say, forgive the sins. He said, when we approach God, be reminded of our sin. He's pulling us back to the intimate personal nature of prayer and our walk with God. Forgive us our debt, our sin, our trespass. Forgive us for what we've done. Forgive us for the action that we've taken that is that is off the mark with where God's expectation is. There's a sense of there's a sense of self-reflection in this opening phrase. Self-recognition of the sin that we've walked in, the sin that we've carried, the the way we've missed the mark. And we ask to be forgiven as people. Jesus leads us to ask to be forgiven as people. Don't just forgive the action. Don't just forgive the sin. Forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me for what I've, how I've behaved. Forgive me for the thing that I did last night that I shouldn't have done last night. Forgive me that I did this. We have to recognize who we are. We have to recognize that there's a face that looks at us on, in the, in the other side of the mirror. God, would you forgive me? It's very intimate, isn't it? When we start praying that way. Forgive me. Forgive the person. Yes, I did these things. And I think sometimes in our prayer, we want to just simply run to, God, would you forgive this that I've done? And God is saying, I want to forgive you, the person. I will forgive the action, but I forgive you, the person. As a parent, you ever had those moments when you were talking with your kids? And like they're trying to like, 
They're, they're shooting all over the place with, with conversation and you're trying to get their attention and you're trying to help them focus on you. And, and have you ever just gently put your hand on their head and turned their face to you and said, listen to me? Right? Jesus is saying, God just wants to turn our face back to him and hear from us, forgive me. We want to make it all about the stuff. We want to make it all about the things that we did. And Jesus is like, I, I, I know what you did. Forgive me. This is where it becomes personal again and, and, and intimate. To not, not look only at the things we've done out there, but, but to contend with and to be honest and understand where that sin comes from. Where that behavior generated. There's been both a, a what have I done and a deeper who am I in doing this when we go to prayer. It's not just God, this is what I've done. But we have to have this moment of this is who I am right now. Broken. Hurt. Disconnected. It may, it may help us understand why we've done, doesn't justify it, but it helps us understand what we've done and why we've done it. And God is just saying, I want to, I want to address you as well as your actions. Forgive me. Forgive us. I think that when we wrestle with the, with the heart and not just our actions, the heart and our actions, we begin to work on our deeper life. Jesus begins with a reminder of the intimate and the personal. Father, forgive us. And then he says this, as we have also forgiven our debtors. How many of us just wanted to stop at the first phrase? Anybody want to just stop at the first one? Forgive us our sin, forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Did you see that? The debtors, the transgressors, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. You know, nowhere in that second, that second phrase is there a list of what they did to us. Right? What did Jesus focus on? The relationship. Forgive the person. Forgive the person. Well, they did, you don't, like, they did this to me. I'm like, I, yeah, we know. And as you forgive the person, you forgive the transgression. Are you forgiving the person? Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. I find it interesting that Jesus draws us not not the act to the act, but the, the person, the relationship who practiced that act against us. Forgive them. 
Forgive them. Does that ring, uh, does, does that phrase ring in anybody's mind of uh, echo from somewhere else in the scriptures? Father, forgive them. Did Jesus not hang on the cross and say the exact same thing? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And just as Jesus lived it, Jesus' pre, pre, uh, pre-event, pre, precursor to that is teaching it. This is how you should live in the kingdom. As God has forgiven you, you forgive others in the same manner and in the same way. We forgive the person. The focus is on the person. Yes, we want to, we want to forgive part and parcel. We forgive the act. We forgive the transgression. We forgive the, it's part of the confession. We understand that. But Jesus is drawing our attention and our heart back to the person. Archie France puts it this way. He says, we should note that it is the debtor rather than the debts which have been forgiven. Our concern, like God's, is to be with personal relationships. Forgiveness focuses on the relationship, not the action, and it makes sense, really, because sin breaks relationship, doesn't it? Sin breaks relationship. When someone has sinned against you, it's a broken relationship. When somebody asks for forgiveness, it's trying to restore the relationship. Forgiveness focuses on the interpersonal. Which is why the, 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 the preposition is, is, is important and challenging to us in this, in this verse. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. As. Scholars see this and agree that Jesus is not saying that forgiveness is conditional upon forgiveness. That our forgiveness is not conditional upon forgiving other people. That God forgiving me is not conditional on me forgiving others. Instead, as R.C. Sproul writes, this is not a condition of our own forgiveness, but it is an aspiration. Jesus is teaching us to aspire to mirror and reflect the kindness of God, to stand ready to forgive anyone who has sinned against us or offended us when they repent. R.T. France again writes, the issue is whether the forgiveness sought from God is mirrored in the attitude of those who pray. Am I reflecting in my life the forgiveness that God has given me? Am I reflecting in my personal relationships with other people? Am I reflecting the forgiveness that God has granted me? When somebody else uh, uh, sins against me, am I willing and ready to forgive them as God has forgiven me? Not as a condition of my own forgiveness, but as a reflection of how I live in the kingdom. This is how we live in God's kingdom. 
Remember the context of this story. Jesus is on a hillside and he's teaching his disciples, his immediate followers, and the crowd of those who are critical and curious and confused. And he's telling them the kingdom of God is here. And when we live in the kingdom, this is how we live. And for three chapters, five, six, and seven, Jesus reminds us this is how we live. Surprisingly, very relational. A lot of how we treat each other. And in the, mid, at, in the middle of this, he says, in the kingdom, we forgive people the same way that God has forgiven us. We forgive people the same way God has forgiven us. It becomes the difference between transformation and transaction. When we see forgiveness inside the context of relationship, forgiveness is about this relational dynamic. We see how it's transformational. When it's transformational in my life, then I look at the person that hurt and offended me, and I want to be restored to that person if we can. We want the relationship redeemed. We want the, the, the reconciliation between people to be restored. We want some kind of reunion so that we work and carry and live together towards the purposes that God has for us. You see, when we understand forgiveness from God and it transforms us, then we reflect that transformation towards others. But sometimes we only look at the forgiveness between us and God as transactional. And when we do that, our prayer is not forgive us our sin. Our prayer has sometimes been, God, forgive my sin. Forgive the action. It's a subtle change. It's a subtle shift in our own hearts and minds. But when we focus more on what we did instead of who we are, our forgiveness request becomes a transaction. God, you paid for my sin. Here's my sin. Can we just cancel it out? Transaction. And God says, yeah, I can, I can do that, and I will do that upon your confession. I'll do that. But here's what I want you to know. I'm more interested in canceling your sin and transforming your heart than just living in this transactional world. I did something. God does something. We'll take care of it. Somebody's going to pay the bill. And Jesus is like, it's personal. We have to move away from this transactional living. When we, when we live transactionally in the kingdom between us and God, then that's how we live between each other. Transformation always asks, who am I? Transactions always ask, what am I doing? Transformation always asks, who am I? And if all we ever do is focus 
on the transaction, what am I doing? I don't know if we ever get fully to the place that God desires for us in changing who we are. We're so focused on changing what we do, we miss how God wants to change who we are. And as I read the scriptures, Jesus is really concerned about who we are and very comfortable that once we get the who we are right, we'll figure out the what we do. And we become very uncomfortable with the who we are because it's a lot easier to go to God with just the what we've done. Because the who we are fillets open our spirit and our heart and we stand exposed to God. Jesus knew that and that's why he said, pray this way, Father, forgive us. Relational, personal, intimate. N.T. Wright says it this way, this, this, this statement as as we have also forgiven our debtors, is a statement of our loyalty to Jesus and his kingdom. Claiming this central blessing, the forgiveness, claiming this central blessing of the kingdom, only makes sense if we are living by that same central blessing towards others. It only makes sense if we're really living it out towards other people. God in his mercy and his grace forgives us and then challenges us to keep moving to forgive others. Matthew 18:21 Jesus doubles down on this in the parable of the unmerciful servant. That's what that whole parable is about. Are we are we forgiving others the way God has forgiven us? Are we forgiving others as we have been forgiven. Again, France writes, the issue is whether the forgiveness sought from God is mirrored in the attitude of those who pray. It calls for self-reflection. Am I reflecting the kingdom in my state of forgiveness? Am I reflecting the kingdom in my state of forgiveness? We're so happy and pleased and filled with joy that God has forgiven us. Are we reflecting that in our relationships towards other people? So, what is Jesus teaching us in this passage? Well, first off, I think that we're we're driven back to, again, the kingdom of God that we find for ourselves and that we invite others to is deeply personal. It's deeply relational. It's deeply intimate. It's not transactional. It's transformational. Paul Paul says that, that we become new creation, a new creation, right? 
He says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the reader. The whole gospel message is about transformation. It's deeply personal. It's deeply intimate. I think we see here that, that what Jesus is trying to remind us, especially in the prayer of forgiveness, is that prayer is people-focused. It's about us and God, and it's about us and others. So this week, maybe, maybe I struggle with like, what's the application on this for, for us today, right? Because we have, as many different people are in the room, we have different applications. I think the, the overarching theme that we've been trying to drive today is just simply this. Do we walk in a personal relationship with God for that forgiveness for us? And do we reflect that in our relationships towards others? So maybe this week, the question for us is, maybe we just need a more personal conversation with God and just say, how are we doing? How are, how are you and I doing, God? I, I know I've got this baggage that I bring with me, but first and foremost, as I confess the, the baggage of my life, I want you to forgive me. And as I do that, help me to forgive others. Maybe we need to identify our pride and our fear and lay it down and truly forgive people even if their actions have been difficult to us. Now, let me give you a caution. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we welcome back into our life harm, strife, personal danger. We're not saying to re-enter abusive relationships. We can forgive people and still maintain healthy, safe boundaries. You know what discipleship is over the course of a lifetime? It's figuring out how to manage those well. And if we were all honest, we're going to say there are weeks we do really, really well at that. And there are days when we don't. And we need help. But it's all part of the forgiveness process at work in us as we live in the kingdom. Seeking forgiveness and forgiving others, it's deep, deep soul, soul work. God does it perfectly and graciously. And he invites us to do it with his grace and his mercy as imperfectly as we are, but trying to model that after him. This is what life is like in the kingdom. This is what prayer is like in the kingdom. Would you stand as we close in prayer? Father, this morning, as we've talked I'm sure that there are a number of people that have come to our minds. People who have wounded us and hurt us. People that we just are out of step with relationally. 
And I pray, Father, that, that we would model this prayer. That we would be people who can forgive the person and move forward in life. Now, we're going to ask you to help us clarify the right way to do that. We're going to ask you to help us build appropriate boundaries. We're going to ask you to help us not harbor a hard heart. But we're going to try to model what it's like to be forgiven. And for some of us this morning, we need this moment to simply call out to you and ask you, God, would you forgive me? to be honest about our sin and to ask you for your forgiveness. That if we believe the scriptures, we know that when we confess our sin, you are faithful and you are just to forgive us. And that when we confess you as Lord and we believe in our heart, that God raised you from the dead, we walk with you. Help us in this process. Help us when we are weak and our belief is small. And Holy Spirit, this week, as we interact with a lot of different people, may we reflect the values of the kingdom and be people who forgive just as we've been forgiven. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.